Um, so yeah, I'll let you. What what's our intro? We forgot about that. Uh, we don't really have one. I was gonna say you should just do the intro this time. No, you do the intro. You're better at it. You have to do the intro. It's no, uh, you do the intro. You're like the head guy, and I'm like the. I'm second fiddle. I'm clearly like the number two. Second chair. All right. Yeah, I'm clearly the second chair. Well, we can change that with the second episode by you doing the intro. No, but like I think it's a good dynamic that you're first chair. Oh, okay. You just don't want to do the intro. That. that but yeah, I, I'm not giving you like an ego boost and you're not taking it. It's really annoying. Well, I also just don't want to do the intro. <laughs> yeah, but I'm giving you like first chair, which is like, come on. All right, we can. Well, I mean, we could just leave this all in and just start talking. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we could just. I actually kind of like that. All right, so this is required viewing episode two or three, depending on if you count the last one as two episodes. Uh, the subject for this episode is Emmys, LOL, as I like to say. Um, so we will be going through uh, the nominees of this the 2019 Emmys, which came out uh, Tuesday, which uh, July uh, 16th. And the award ceremony will be on September 22nd. Um, so we're still a good two months away. We'll probably do a post-award show podcast uh, after the ceremony uh, airs. Do you, think, I just, do you think we'll be more or less angry for the, that post-awards show compared to now the post-nominations show? Uh me, I would be less because I assume Game of Thrones is going to win everything already. Okay. <laughs> I think you have to save that for your minute on Game of Thrones. Sure, later. we'll save it, but like, that, yeah. Going to uh, try and talk about Game of Thrones as little as possible in this podcast. It's very hard to when the show got 14 nominations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's start um, on a positive note. I don't think we need to read... All the nominations. If you no. have not read who has been nominated for the 2019 Emmy Awards, uh, Google it. Google 2019 Emmy nominations and you'll find no shortage of news outlets trying to get ad clicks by uh, putting in nice SEO headlines about all the snubs and all the surprises and all the nominees. Um, pick any of them uh, and you can read the nominations. Online. Or just pick Wikipedia because it presents it in the easiest format. True. No no ads there. Yeah. Um so, okay, so first question uh, for you, Shams, and I also have an answer for this one, but I'm guessing our answers are going to be different. They do tend to be, as anyone who's listened to this yeah. podcast before knows. Um, what nominations are you happy about that you did not expect? So I guess not expect is maybe somewhat difficult because I wasn't following it enough to know, but I was pleasantly surprised by Succession getting nominated. Mm. Um, I know that it has been well liked, but it wasn't necessarily a strong candidate uh, this coming into the season. So I was surpri- I was pleased that it got the nomination. I wish it had got more, to be honest with you. Uh, it was one of my favorite shows of uh, 2018, um, or favorite new shows, I should say. And I have really high hopes for the second season. So I'm 
nominee for the first season. And I could see it becoming a mainstay uh, at the Emmys if it manages to uh, elevate its game moving forward. So glad to see that. Um, and then the second thing uh, was uh, Schitt's Creek. I was very glad to see kind of this underdog story kind of pay off finally. Um, I think it's pretty rare for a comedy to kind of show up on the Emmys like this late into its run. Um, obviously, being on Netflix gave it a huge boost, but it's still technically a pop network show. So it's kind of crazy that that uh, that a pop network show was able to get a nominee for best comedy series at the Emmys. So uh, I think that's a kind of a nice underdog story that likely won't have any chance of winning, but I think just getting nominated was a uh, big deal for it. Yeah. Um, that explain. I did not even know it was on pop. That explains why I have not seen it nor heard very much about it. Um, so that, that one was also a surprise to me, although haven't seen it. So can't say if that's positive or negative. Uh, and also succession uh, that's, um, that's Succession on HBO uh, for anyone who yeah, isn't familiar with HBO. it, yeah. um, uh, which also makes it almost not surprising that it gets nominated. HBO does happen to be the largest um, block of voters uh, in the Emmys, so they do tend to pick up a lot of nominations just because mm, the the plurality of the Emmy yeah. voters work for HBO or some show yeah. uh, syndicated on it. Um so, I, yeah, I did predict uh, Succession, but I am equally happy that it uh, got nominated. It's a great yeah. show in an otherwise uh, underwhelming year for the drama series category. Uh, yeah, and just some numbers for that HBO thing. I'm just looking at it right now. HBO got a total of 47 nominations this year, uh, which is obviously number one. And the number two network was Netflix at 29. Uh, so as you can tell, there's a pretty big gap between HBO and the field. Yeah. And I mean, part of that, I mean, actually I'm surprised they did get that many given that they actually pushed some of their own programming to air a little bit later to not compete with game of Thrones. Um, yeah. notably, uh, a couple of their, uh, newer dramas, uh, euphoria probably being the main one. Um, uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of networks. I believe uh, the Handmaid's Tale on Hulu was also kind of delayed so that it wouldn't compete with Game of Thrones in the drama category, leaving a lot um, a lot to be desired in that category. Not sure uh, who could possibly win other than Game of Thrones at this point. Great. And also, it was competing against in the um, limited series. It had Sharp Objects, Chernobyl, and True Detective, and obviously True Detective got uh, uh, shunned out. Yeah, it's heavily. Yeah, it's interesting that they don't want to compete against themselves in drama, but are perfectly fine throwing three of the best uh, miniseries out there in the yeah. same year to compete against exactly. each other. Yeah. So yeah, those are my top two. So I, I just I just put those two down. I don't know if you had more, but uh, I had more for the unhappy part. So I can maybe go further in that when we get to that. I definitely also have more in the unhappy part, but I do have one that I am particularly excited about. Um, I kind of put this as one of my predictions, but it wasn't the main one. Uh, I, I listed uh, Sarah Goldberg from Barry for uh, Best Supporting Actress uh, in a Comedy. Mm. Uh, did not expect her to be one of the main nominees, but I put her in the kind of maybe also section, implying that if, if maybe they went over the typical um, amount of nominees, which they did, uh, that she would get nominated, and she was. 
Um, I think she deserves it for the, uh, there's a particular two to three minute monologue uh, that's a no cuts thing with just her um, talking with almost zero breaths in the entire monologue. Uh, It's phenomenal. You can probably find clips of that on YouTube or better yet, watch the whole uh, season two of Barry on HBO. Uh, And wow, it was, it was incredible. She had a great season. Um, Wasn't really favorited going into the nominations, but picked it up anyway. And I'm very happy for her. Yeah, and also I didn't see, I didn't expect all three uh, supporting actors to get enough. Obviously, Henry Winkler felt like a lock, but uh, to see oh yeah, Anthony uh, Kerrigan, yeah, that is actually yeah, Anthony one. Kerrigan, Anthony Kerrigan get a nod um, was not some. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense because Barry got a lot of love this year, but it was still a pleasant surprise, though, given that. His two, three other supporting characters from that show got nom. Yeah, so I guess overall, the uh, my answer to that question, happy surprise, is the entire supporting cast of Barry. Um, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal season for them. Uh, so the next question is, what uh, snub are you most angry about? That is the the show that uh, definitely should have, uh, well, show or actor or actress uh, that should have been yeah. nominated that did not so, make it. I'll give two. So I'll give my realistic snub, and I'll give my snub that never had a shot, but I'm still pissed off about. Okay. So my realistic snub, I'm kind of shocked that Rhea Seahorn from Better Call Saul didn't get a nomination. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are Um, very angry about that. I mean, I'm shocked that she still hasn't been nominated, and honestly that she hasn't won. I think she's been one of – I think better – I think she's been – Easily the second best actor actress in that show, next to um, Odenkirk, and it's crazy that all the other supporting actors are getting nominations for that show, and she's just never picked one up. So um, I was very disappointed uh, uh, for her not getting it, and obviously the people who got in over her definitely did not help. I'll get into that a bit later, but. Um, I was very upset that she didn't get a nominate. I think she deserves it. And I think honestly, she should be winning these awards. Um, the thing that I was never really a realistic chance, uh, but it still annoys me because I love the show a lot is I'm a huge fan of HBO's the deuce. Um, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Franco at minimum should be getting nominated. James Franco plays uh, twins in the show. So he's actually doing two roles at the same time. And Maggie Gyllenhaal is playing a porn actress turned director, adult film director. And I think both of those uh, actors are, they're two of the best actors, not just in TV, but in all, um, in all formats to me today. And they're never been better uh, than they are in this show. So uh, I'm pretty, I knew it never really had a chance. So I wasn't, shocked that not they that show got zero nominations or and that neither of them got a nod but i was still disappointed that uh the emmys aren't recognizing uh what i think is a great show and a true heir to uh david simon's the wire yeah i have heard i've heard quite a few good things uh although it's it's a little more mixed uh on that show um from what i've heard haven't quite seen it yet for that reason um but yeah, definitely worth calling that out. And yeah, Rhea Seahorn was definitely favored uh, going into this, um, at least by the um, the critics. Um, and again, didn't uh, didn't get nominated for what is this? The what season is Better Four. Call Saul? Fourth, Four. fourth season in a row. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's it's pretty difficult. It's similar to like the Americans. It took them five uh, five or so seasons before they even picked up uh, nominations for the actors, and not until their final season for the um, did they get a best drama series nod. Yeah, but I mean, what's weird is that the other aspects of the show are are getting nominated, right? So it's not like the whole show is getting shown. If it was a whole show, oh like, yeah, it. But like it's. I mean, the best supporting actor, they had two supporting actors uh, get nominated this year. Mm. Um, and it's actually two guys who have been nominated for these specific characters already before uh, in when uh, they were in uh, Breaking Bad. And so it's kind of just perplexing that such a strong element. The show definitely is being seen and being recognized by the Emmy voters, but for a very obvious reason, it, she got shunned out, and the re—I'll get into that reason later on the episode because it's very frustrating as to why she got shunned out. Well, it's a little surprising to me, given the um, on the kind of the, if you look at the competition um, for that category again, the, the entire drama field is extremely weak this year. But if you look at some of the uh, people who did get nominated for in the this is the lead actress category, right? No, oh, this is supporting. I, I thought this would be... Oh, was she going for lead? I thought she was going for supporting. Uh, well, either way, it is um pretty weak field. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she's in... She was favored for supporting, which uh, looks like... Oh, I see. Okay, never mind. This is why you don't want to get into it. Uh, no. I will... Yeah, I'll get into it later. <laughs> okay. But you, once you see who's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress, you will understand why. It's yeah, it was, a, it was a weak uh, category. Um, the draw, the yeah. lead category was also pretty weak with, uh, you have Robin Wright from the final season of House of Cards, Mandy Moore from This Is Us, and uh, Viola Davis uh, somehow snuck back into this with How to Get Away with Murder, which I did not know was still on the air until this nomination happened. Um, very, very weak category directly caused by um, the show that shall not be named uh, yet. So... Um, oh, sorry. I didn't even get to my snubs, of which there are like ten. Uh, I'll keep it to the top three. So, um, yeah. So there's this show uh, called uh, The Good Place. Uh, probably one of the best, funniest comedies uh, and smartest comedies on TV right now. Uh, it rightfully got nominated for a, a writing category for a particular episode entitled Janet's. Uh, in this episode. Darcy Carden, one of the supporting actresses, um, without spoiling the show or the premise of the show, especially in its third season, um, Darcy plays every single other character um, as an actress. She she plays the personalities of every other character uh, in her body, essentially. Uh, it was a phenomenal performance. Um, and we're talking like four other characters with an extreme range of personalities and physical mannerisms. And she had to convey all of this uh, did not get an, an acting nomination. Uh, this is in the comedy category. It was somewhat competitive, um, but she absolutely deserved it. Um, I think it was very competitive to be honest. I mean, if you look at the supporting actress in that, in the yeah, comedy, it, it, it was, it's very tough. Yeah. A comedy was just overall much more, uh, again, the second most competitive, uh, not quite as much as limited series, but it's, it's certainly different than drama. Still, I think Darcy deserved a nomination. I'm glad the episode was at least recognized for writing, um, but very upset about that one. However, not nearly as upset as I am about the snub for both Jim Carrey uh, and the show that he is on called Kidding, also in the comedy category. Um, this is another one of those great dark comedies. Um, 
It was phenomenal. Uh, everyone, I think, favored at least uh, a, a nomination for Jim Carrey. This is probably one of his his best uh, roles since uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and The Truman Show. Uh, he was great. Check out the show. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's essentially what I how I describe it is it's it's Jim Carrey playing a character who is essentially a version of Mr. Rogers. If Mr. Rogers had uh, repressed anger and depression um, and was somewhat uh, taking it out on himself and everyone around him. Uh, yeah. So it's a very dark show. And Obviously it's on comedy. Showtime. Yeah. Showtime original series. Yeah. Um, one of the best of. 2018 um and its second season is premiering later this year however i mean showtime i mean showtime really got screwed over they really only had two shows i got any love yeah true um i can accept both of these again because these were both in the comedy category which had a lot of great shows this year however however oh man this last one um Amazon Prime's original Homecoming, uh, starring Julia Roberts, uh, did not receive a single nomination for writing, acting, directing, or the series nod. And this is, again, in the drama category, which was just extremely weak. Uh, And Homecoming, uh, for those of you who have read some of my other work, uh, I ranked as my number one new series uh, of 2018. It was... Essentially, I still I still describe it as this is the type of TV that Hitchcock would make if he were alive and had switched from movies to TV this year. Uh, and Julia Roberts, again, phenomenal Oscar award-winning actress, uh, phenomenal performance in this. Uh, somehow, somehow this did not get nominated. My only theory, the only logical explanation, Shams, that I can think of is that this is a mistake and all of the nominations for Homecoming, whoever read this and compiled it, thought they were referring to Homecoming, the Beyonce film, which w- did pick up three Emmys in other categories. Somehow, I don't know how that mistake could have been made, but that's the only logical explanation I can think of. Yeah, I could also just think that Amazon, I, don't, I don't know how Amazon uh, handles their award submission and their word. Um, validating so amazon may be new to the game and not may not understand how to get a show like homecoming nominated i thought it was like an amazon prime hate but that can't be but i don't think it's hate i just think that they focused on i think of like pretty much like two shows oh yeah maybe it's their they're focusing all their effort but they certainly know how to get shows attention and like they did with marvelous mrs mazel uh, and also yeah. Fleabag, which is doing great uh, this year. So it just yeah, seems like in the drama, I don't they... think they yeah in the drama they dropped the ball. I agree. I mean, so I actually had that as well. I was actually going to let you kind of rant on it because I knew you were going to talk about it. Oh yeah, because this is a rare instance where you and I are both in full agreement. Um, what shocked me too is that uh, I could see it not getting nominated for best drama series, but not to have a directing nod was oh yeah pretty. I mean, you can think about the. Sh- you can maybe criticize the show from a writing perspective or some other aspects, but I think it's objectively true that that's one of the better directed shows um, of 2018, and it's extremely disheartening to see that it feels like the Emmy Emmy voters don't really understand that out the directing category. Um, because if they did, oh, well, I mean, would. it's true. Like TV, just overall, is not a director's medium. It's all it's yeah. all uh, run by writers. But how could you watch that series and not realize that it was clearly 
directed by someone who is possessed by the ghost of Hitchcock. Yeah, I yeah, it was a very it's extremely well directed show, and um, yeah, it's disappointing that, and it's also um, is it it's also um, disappointing because it's I don't think Julia is going to come. Uh, for the second season, if there is a second season, I actually don't know if they've confirmed that or not. So I, I don't think she will have a chance to ever really get a nomination for, for her character, which was a shame because it's it's one of her. I mean, really, it's probably her best performance in like twenty years, probably like since like Aaron Brockovich back in two thousand. So we're talking like a nineteen year gap uh, for uh, America's Sweetheart. And she nailed it, and she's just getting no love for it, and it's a shame. Yeah, so that is Homecoming, Amazon Prime, best new show of 2018 in my book, um, or more specifically in my blog. Um, Next question, and before we move on to some other discussion, um, and this is the one you've been waiting for, Shams. Um, So I want to know, what were you most disappointed that it was nominated. And since I know your answer to this question is Game of Thrones, what I'm going to do is set a timer for 60 seconds and give you 60 seconds to rant about Game of Thrones. Are you prepared? Yeah, let's just do this. All right. You have 60 seconds on the clock starting now. All right. So we all knew Game of Thrones was going to get nominated for a bunch of stuff. I'm not surprised or shocked or even totally upset that I got nominated for Best Drama. However, the acting nominations that it got are, to me, a slap in the face of the integrity of the entire acting category as a whole. Amelia Clark is the one nominee which I can accept because she did the best that she could do. 30 seconds. Uh, with, with everything. But Kit Harrington, absolute joke. If anything, she'd been nominated for Best Comedy. The fact that Alfie <laughs> Allen who's in the show for, like, three scenes is nominated is ridiculous. Same with the stupid um, uh, Sansa Stark. Ten and seconds. All of it. All the acting category. Oh, and that D&D got a directing nod over Homecoming. All right, that's time. Perfect way to end that. I can't. That was, can't. That was 60 seconds of our podcast dedicated to Game of Thrones, which shall henceforth be known as the Emmy nomination king that shall not be named. Um, for me... 14! For, uh, for me, my answer to this question, aside from the show that shall not be named, uh, is going to be everything uh, that was nominated uh, for This Is Us uh, in the drama category, uh, except for the one person... Who deserved to be nominated? Susan, I don't know how to say her middle name, Watson. Uh, that for those of you who don't know, this is, is uh, the is person who plays the, Beth. Is she the fat one? No, no. No, uh, no she plays Beth, uh, the the wife of Sterling K. Brown. And, oh, black guy's wife. Yeah, yeah. They, so I wa- I watch the show very infrequently, so I know very I know enough to know the general characters that just pretty much call them by how they look. Yeah. Like. So, well, all you need to know, the show's honestly not that great in its third season, but the only, the, the main storyline that I think really was driving the third season uh, had to do with um, the marriage of, of uh, Beth and Randall. In fact, there's an entire uh, episode, which was one of the, the best episodes of this season called R and B uh, standing for Randall and Beth. Uh, and it really focused and allowed her to explore that character. 
and yet pretty much almost every other performance on the show is nominated. Even Toby, Toby was nominated for the supporting actor category. Uh, Beth did not get her nomination. Uh, so I'm super disappointed that if you're going to, if you're going to give everything to This Is Us, which you absolutely shouldn't, because most of the performances were nothing special, at least give it to the one. This is kind of both a snub and it should just be reversed. Like if you swap out this snub and just don't nominate the rest of them, uh, that would be okay. But for the most part, This Is Us needs to stop, uh, just like stop with the Emmys. Those, those two should not be in the same conversation. But This Is Us was the only prime time broadcast network to get nominated, correct? For uh, um, drama, uh, yeah, is better. Oh, I guess yeah. Better Call Saul is not considered. No, yeah. it's AMC. Yeah. So uh, yeah. unless you count Bodyguard, which is kind of prime time in the UK, but yeah, um, for the most part. Oh yeah, correct. But it, in America, because see what they go by here is by its American distribution. Yeah, so, so it, it is still the only uh, the only NBC and or major uh, broadcast yeah. network uh, clinging on to, in the drama series category. It's oh. Quick shout out. Hilarious that Bodyguard can get a Best Drama nominated, but somehow, like, the main actor who's like 95% of the show and who won the Golden Globe uh, yeah, in the category doesn't get, doesn't get nominated. And he was also in that name, that, in that show that Who Was Not Be Named, and was better than all the actors who got nominated this season for that show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, especially uh, the. Yeah. Kit Harrington and Milo from This Is Us. Uh, oh, not Billy uh, Porter. I think Billy Porter is one of the one of the few that really, really are outstanding in that category this year. That's an incredibly weak category. Yeah, it's just the field for drama this year is is awful. Um, could could Odenkirk win? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I think uh, it's kind of considered a three way. Maybe like there's three front runners. It could be Bateman for Ozark, Billy Porter for Pose, or Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. I'm I'm not really sure which one of those um, is is really going to win. Uh, yeah. Or I, honestly, to be honest, it just could be Harrington because of freaking every. Yeah. We'll, we'll stop yeah. talking about that. We'll stop talking about it. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, no, I agree that uh, this is us is getting too much love. So now I, I want to move on to kind of our next discussion, which is less about this year's Emmys and the shows that were nominated for them and more about the Emmys as a whole. Uh, I think you and I have discussed a few of these ahead of time, and we both have some significant problems with uh, the way the Emmys work in general. Um, do you want to talk about uh, which one do you want to talk about first? So first thing I want to get into is just the number of nominees. So I think, well, I guess I'll flip back. I think you and I both agree that a core problem, not with the Emmys per se, but with T with rewarding or rewarding TV or creating an award show around television, is that uh, television has just become so huge with the amount of content that is eligible and it's considered to be of quality that it is really hard to create an award show and try to really encompass all of the great TV uh, that was out in one year. So we tried to, we've thought about different ways. For me, one way to help is to uh, have a 10, at least I actually didn't tell you this, but one thing for me is that you have every now a category actually have 10 nominees now going forward. 
Um, in some categories, that may mean that you may have some weaker ones in there. But I think there's enough content out there today that each category can have 10 nominees and you can have mostly nine, if not all 10, be worthy of being nominated because there's just that many performances, that many episodes of television out there that should get rewarded with a nomination. So I would actually say right now I know the the limit on the uh, nominees is varies per category. Um, but for me, I would actually just put a 10 nominee for all categories and uh, change the voting system to uh, uh, encourage uh, folks to kind of vote down the ballot more. Yeah, I think this one, uh, so to be clear, the the like expected number of nominees is usually seven. Uh, there's some exception to that because the Emmys have a very strange rule that they call the 2% rule. Uh, basically what that means is uh, for drama, for example, they expect to have seven nominees uh, for best drama series uh, with the exception of if the eighth place, the, the, the show that gets the eighth most votes is within 2% of the number of votes of that number seven show, uh, the eighth one will be nominated as well. And the same goes for uh, the ninth. So they could have up to nine nominees if uh, nominees seven, eight, and nine are all within 2% of the same number of votes. Um, so it, it can go up to nine and that, that kind of that kind of evens it out in the world where there are nine deserving nominees. There's no way it gets up to 10 because they do just cut it off at nine. Um, but yeah, they, tar- they target an ideal of seven. Um, so if there's kind of like seven main ones and then the, the eighth one, there's a noticeable drop in quality, then that, um, that won't get recognized. Where I think there's a bigger problem is, for some reason, uh, the limited series category uh, their target number is five instead of seven. Uh, and the, in this year, it looks like the 2% rule did not come into play because there are only five nominees. Um, those are, uh, there's the Netflix, When They See Us, uh, HBO's Chernobyl, which everyone should have seen by now. Um, uh, there's Escape at Danamora, uh, the FX uh, period piece, Fosse Verdon, and HBO's Sharp Objects, again, competing against uh, itself with Chernobyl. Um and then if you, even, if you, even if you expand this to seven, uh, there's clearly two other very deserving nominees with A Very English Scandal and, as you mentioned, True Detective. Uh, and even beyond this, there's, there's quite a few other shows I, I really think uh, would, would be deserving of a nomination that are at least almost as good as these. Pro- I think these were the correct five nominees, given that there have to be five. Um, but it, it would be really nice to see a couple of other shows recognized, especially True Detective and Very English Scandal. Yeah, and I mean, I understand, so I understand the need to not expand a category too much, but I I still don't see why I don't I don't see why we're limiting it to seven even for even the best drama. To me, there's there's just too much content out there now, and it's just going to get worse. This isn't a problem that's going to get better over time. If anything, with the expansion of the streaming services, with Disney coming into the fold with uh, Time Warner starting their own new thing, NBC, all of these things. And there's like 10 Apple originals coming out now. Right. So this problem is just going to get worse going into the next decade. And I don't see the value of limiting uh, it to seven. I think you can expand it to 10 and you've still 
keep an essential, like an exclusivity with the category, but you also at least make sure that you don't leave some, you have, you don't have some obvious blunders where you just leave something out, AKA like homecoming where it's like, this is something that should be nominated. So to me, I feel like you should move it to 10 for all of these big categories. And, um, I think most years you're going to have 10 as, as, as the content wars of the 2020s will show, you're going to have a lot of good and great content coming out from a lot of different platforms. And so, and all of these platforms are going to spend a lot of money trying to get these shows nominated. So I think it's pretty silly to just limit yourself to five, six or seven. I think it should be 10 for everything. Yeah, or I mean, or they just have to do something where they have some kind of like semi-annual Emmys, but that gets into a very, a very big, drastic change. Um, but it, yeah, it is true. They definitely yeah, need to do I don't something. Think that's, yeah, that's hard to do because like, yeah, well, like you're going to call like, you can't have it like the 2019 and a half Emmy. Like you got to, you can only really do it once a year. So I think that's somewhat difficult to do multiple uh, in two in a year, but you got to expand the category. You got to expand the nomination uh, uh, minimum or maximum. Yeah. All right. So the next, um, the, the next major issue is this one specifically pertaining to comedy. Um, I mm. think the, the, the big issue is um, this is uh, kind of the same issue with the golden globes where they actually split films into uh, comedy and drama. And if you look at a lot of the things that win in the comedy category, uh, well, some of them are just straight up not comedy or intending to be funny at all. Um, some of the yeah. comedies there. And for the most part, the ones that win uh, tend to be more of the like, they're really just dramas, but they submit in the comedy category because it's weaker. That is not going on to that extent in the Emmys, um, but there's a clear trend recently of uh, there's shows like um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is really a drama, but it's about a comedian. So they put it in the comedy category. Uh, shows like Netflix's Russian Doll. I'm not really sure if I would call that a comedy. Uh, oh, I, w- I mean, I would like, I like that show a lot. I, but I don't like the show because it was funny. Yeah. Like, I like the show for reasons beyond, like, not really related to comedy. So if the best parts of the show aren't really comedic, it's like, is it really a comedy series? Yeah, I think that's a good way to to break that down. Um, But uh, either way, the line has really blurred. Uh, What do you think, uh, if anything, really needs to be done about this? So for me, you and I discussed this, I feel like you need to have kind of this dramedy or dramatic comedy category. Um, This would be a huge change, obviously, because... in my opinion, you would have to do this for not just the series, but you'd also have to do it for the acting as well, because I think it's also unfair to uh, gauge an actor and actress who's in a traditional comedy versus someone who's doing dramatic comedy. Like, how do you gauge which one's better? Because they're trying to do two fundamentally different things, right? So... I think this would change the award a lot because you'd essentially almost add uh, 33% more uh, uh, award categories to the entire show. So that'd be a huge increase. But for me, having this kind of middle middle ground dramatic uh, comedy is something I think needs to happen at some point in the future because 
we need to stop thinking that some of these shows, like we need to stop treating a show like Russian Doll or even Barry. I mean, I love Barry and I think Barry is quite funny, but it's a very dark series and a lot of its greatness is not, while it's, it's sort of funny, it's still related to really mature, dark, intellectual ideas, which aren't really about being funny or being comedic even. Um, but we can have a debate about that specific show maybe later. But I just think that the, these shows just have grown out of that traditional sitcom vibe. Um, but you still have a lot of shows like that. Like Schitt's Creek is a very traditional comedy. Veep, while somewhat more intellectual, is still very much just a straight-up comedy. Yeah, same thing with The Good Place in that regard. Right, and Good Place is like that as well. Like It's it's philosophical, but it's still mostly in doing it in uh, a comedy setting, right? So it's very tough to gauge Good Place, Veep, and Schitt's Creek with a show like Russian Doll and Barry, Russian Doll being a show that involves a lot of different sci-fi metaphysical elements into it, and then Barry being like one of the most bleakest, darkest shows I think I've seen in the last year or two. Yeah, um, and the same with Fleabag in that. I think Fleabag, Fleabag is like yeah. almost like the female Barry. Yeah, well, that's a straw. Sure, yeah. We, yeah, sure. Have you have you seen the first season? I saw it, but Barry's darker. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but they're both dealing with um, uh, essentially PTSD as a theme, um, which gets very yeah, dark in, in both of yeah. them. Um. So, uh. So yeah, I mean, those shows just shouldn't be. They shouldn't be competing with each other. You yeah. know, like you. It's just unfair. It's unfair to both shows that they have to try to fight for the same voters. Yeah, um, and I think the big issue here is there's there's a ton of belief that you know where is the is there room for shows like uh, like Brooklyn Nine Nine or uh, yeah. or even something like Superstore um, to get nominated shows that really are all in on being funny as opposed to. Um, what the shows that are really trying to I guess do both. I think that's that's like a separate achievement on its own to be both as funny as Barry is and as, as dark and, and thrilling as Barry is. Um, same with, yeah. same with Fleabag and, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, although I would argue it's not really funny at all. Um, it's just um, a, a period piece about people who are, were funny, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's it, that one just should be. A drama. Yeah, I agree. So um, I think we need a new category. Um, and I think you do it like the way the Globes do it. I mean, you have the networks nominate for the category. So HBO will have to decide whether they want Barry to be in a comedy series or dramatic comedy series. Um, I think that can get a bit sketchy because like the Globes, you can have the networks essentially decide, well, I think that this series will be have a better chance to win in this category. So I'm going to put it there. Um, so there is still going to be some controversy when you do this, but I still think it'll be a better system than what we have today. Yeah. I mean, I think I like the way you draw the line It's shows that are, are considered good because of the comedy, as opposed to comedies yeah. that are considered good. Um, yeah. Like Barry and Veep's a good, like I love Barry and I love Veep, 
if you ask me to vote in this category, I would say, well, am I voting what's the best show or am I voting for what's the best comedy? Yeah. Because Barry is a better show, but Veep is a better comedy. So how do I vote for this? Yeah. Uh, so I think let's let's just uh, kind of look at I have kind of a list of the um, the current nominees and the front runners. So if you were to split this up, you have, let's say, let's say we call one of them the um, the best. I, I don't know. What do you want to call it? Like dramatic comedy? Is it... I think dramatic comedy is a good. So we're essentially creating ground. a hybrid because there's there's drama yeah. series and comedy series and then there yeah. will be dramatic comedy series. Yeah, I think that's or fair. comedic drama. I don't know. Um, and to be one. fair, you know, Succession would also be a part of this. Uh, oh yeah, I actually thought Succession was um, going to be competing in the comedy. So, well, funny story about Succession. As I watched it, I obviously thought it was a drama um, when I watched it. Uh, but then I listened to another podcast that had the the creator of the show on, and he described it as a comedy. And that was the first time I really realized that he was trying to make it a comedy it was there was definitely a lot that was funny but it was more of a like an uncomfortable funny um yeah because it, it's like a greek tragedy like greek it's like a tragic it's like a greek tragic comic I yeah think what he said he was so that one, that one definitely could have competed in this this hybrid category yeah um, <clears throat> excuse me so you'd have uh in the in the comedic drama category then you would put uh marvelous mrs mazel uh barry yeah. Fleabag, Russian Doll, Doll. Uh, and I think at that point you could probably go down further into this list, and uh, the the kidding would obviously be nominated in this category, um, and then Jim Carrey wouldn't be snubbed, right? Which in and of itself is a win. Um, and then moving over to the more traditional uh, comedy category, there you would have nominees like Veep, um, The Kaminsky Method. I'm not sure where Glow would fit. Actually, I am sure Glow would be. Nominated I think Glow. I think Glow would be dramatic comedy, to be honest. With yeah, uh, and then you have shows like Blackish uh, would be the more traditional comedy. I think Unbreakable yeah. Kimmy Schmidt would fit in there. Um, yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine, I hope would get a nomination there. Um, and then uh, if Modern Family was still good, that would fit in there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <laughs> Maybe even Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. My sister saw it, though. She liked it dead to me that um, Christina Applegate got the nomination for it. I think it was the only one they got. But the dead to me show with her and um, Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential for this to expand the award show while yeah, it'll be um, a four hour broadcast in September. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing, right? People don't want a long word show. But I think you and I have discussed that a way to maybe fix this is to actually um, uh, have multiple nights back to back to back of the award um, and kind of do a category, uh, a specific genre each night. And maybe instead of having a four hour show, you have multiple one, one and a half hour shows spread out over three nights. Yeah. Um, I would definitely be down for comedy night and then have drama and limited series on the other night. Yeah. So I think that's a sort of way to deal with the ex- expansion of the categories. Could work. I mean, TV is something that usually airs over multiple nights if you uh, are not stuck and, on Netflix. Right and now. 
these live events are actually getting the better ratings um, than like just scripted television. So if anything, um, adding more, uh, I mean, splitting it into two will just be better ratings overall, I feel. Yeah. And then maybe more of the traditional network shows uh, might actually get nominated in this comedy category. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could have like an actual comedian, like a, you could have two different hosts and you can actually have like an actual really funny comedian really actually host the show for a change. Um, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I think, I think you and I both agree that they're an expansion, whether it's through the nominations or the categories and in, in essence, they need to expand their award show going forward because there's just too much content and there's just going to be too much un-overlooked things moving forward. Um, I think one thing kind of uh, touching on this uh, but slightly different is that I had mentioned that you could even add a new series category. So for shows that are in their first season, they can kind of have their own kind of separate uh, category. Um, I actually looked it up and I, I forgot that the Writers Guild of America actually does this already. Yeah, the, uh, so, yeah, the Critics' uh, Choice Awards also do this, uh, the TCS. Yeah. So there's there's already precedent uh, precedent of uh, like pretty well established award shows um, having this new series category and for me I actually feel this is necessary also because I think there's a difference between a debut season of a show and kind of its future seasons because the debut seasons a lot of the time is when you're establishing kind of what the show is about and who the characters are. Uh, which is very different than like a second, third, or fourth season, which is trying to take what the first season did and evolve it and change it and move it forward, which are two very different tasks. And in some ways, it's kind of hard to gauge a show which is in its debut season versus a show which is in its fourth or fifth season. Yeah, and I guess there is also a distinction between a kind of a new show in its first season and a limited series which has no intention of going beyond one season which is why those are in their own separate category yeah side note i i fully believe big little lies should be disqualified for all awards because they purposefully miscategorized it uh two years ago did they i thought they they had no intention of going to a second season they had full attention of going to a second season it's all lies i don't know i think uh i think they just decided they'd do it as soon as meryl streep signed on but no no it's all lies yeah i mean i am mad about uh about them winning that year because it uh it cost one of my favorites the win but anyway um i have also have not watched the second season yet um but uh we'll see uh, it's again, Big Little Lies is uh, aired uh, after the cutoff date. So again, to n- that's another one they didn't uh, decided not to compete with Game of Thrones. They pushed it to air after the cutoff date. So uh, really, Game of Thrones has ruined uh, the Emmys. That that should be the title of this episode. Game of Thrones has ruined the Emmys. Yeah, I mean they ruined everything. <laughs> they ruined everything. Um, not everything. Um, all right, so. I think that was uh, those were all the uh, the improvements, our suggestions to improve the Emmys. Uh, did you have anything else? Oh, I think this, this is a side note, but I think they should change the actual statue. I think it's pretty stupid. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm done with that. What should it be? Yeah, that I don't know yet. I just find the whole angel holding the globe thing to be kind of 
Well, no, that's like you're thinking of the Golden Globe. It's the Emmys is it's like an atom or something. Oh, it's an atom. Is yeah. that what it's supposed to be? That's even worse. Yeah, it's a winged woman holding. Oh, apparently not an angel, according to Wikipedia. It's a winged woman, not to be confused with an angel. That's significantly worse <laughs> than what I already thought was a bad statue. So, yeah. I don't know what it should be. I mean, maybe you could just put like, I don't know. I don't really care. Oh yeah, no, it should just be a statue of Betty White. Sure. Like that's clearly the correct answer. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, just make a gold statue of Betty White with wings holding an atom. I don't think she even needs wings. I think she's fine as just yeah, Betty, just White. Betty she White. White. She's perfect but as she is. She's perfect as she is. So I think the statue's lame. Um, and who's hosted this year? Uh, it, I don't believe it's been announced. I think uh, they might go the way of the Oscars, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of how to make the award. I, I think beyond just the awards themselves, the show has always been pretty boring for me, but I actually find most award shows boring to watch. Um, I don't really know how to improve that other than just to get like an actual good host. But it seems like most people don't want to host these days for uh, obvious political correctness reasons. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that is all we have to say about the Emmys for now until the winners are announced. Uh, then I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say. Um, Shams, I have one more question for you before we end, and that is, uh, what show are you most looking forward to watching? So, uh, Euphoria on HBO is currently going on. I haven't watched a single episode, but I do plan on, at least I plan on watching the first episode or two. I know it's supposed to be very graphic, so I'll see if I'm turned off by it or not. Um, But I'm looking forward to that. And then, Starting in mid-August, Succession Season 2 starts. So I'm very excited for the start of that. So those are kind of... I'm a big HBO guy, as you can tell. So uh, those are kind of the two shows that I kind of have uh, in my mind to sort of uh, watch within the next few weeks. I think you you have to ask me now. Oh, I just assumed you were going to say... No, that's how how this works. I I wasn't... no, I just assumed you were gonna butt in. I didn't, but if you want, you can talk. I actually don't care. <laughs> All right. Uh, I well, um, I think I'm most ex- well. Okay, there's two. There's two things here. Um, you already mentioned Succession uh, season two does come out in uh, just about a month now, um, but I'm also very excited uh, to watch the second season of Dark, um, Netflix's first. Um, I believe it's a Danish language original series. Um, the first season was extremely complicated, just uh, kind of gives me flashbacks to uh, to Lost um, back in the day. And the second season just came out. I've heard very good things, and I'm uh, super excited to see that. Also, Mindhunter is starting in about a month. Um, oh, yeah, I just saw that, yeah. After being on hiatus for what feels like five years. Uh, it really has, like, it must have been three years ago that all- that aired. No, it came out 27, two years. Yeah, well, so season two of Mindhunter on Netflix is coming out in uh, about a month. Um, very excited to see that uh, and very excited to catch up on Dark. I think also I have seen every episode of Euphoria that's come out so far. Um, I think you're in for a 
a very painful treat uh, is the way I would describe it. Uh, yeah. It was great. Um, Zendaya's performance is great as well as the rest of the supporting cast is also um, uh, just extremely, it, it's It for sure will be uh, talked about in next year's Emmys. You think? I don't think so. I think Zendaya uh, after. Oh, Zendaya maybe, but I feel like it's such a graphic show. Is that going to, I feel like they'll turn off these voters. Uh, I mean, they've nominated other things before. I guess now this is true. This is I haven't seen much more graphic than this. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, Zendaya for sure probably will pick up a lead uh, lead actress nomination, as well as um, some of the supporting cast. Um, you'll see. Uh, we we can discuss on the next episode after you've watched it. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I totally forgot. I just saw the Mindhunter thing. That. That's actually probably number one for me, actually, if you're, if I'd be honest. I think uh, I'm really excited what Fincher has in store, even though I thought the first season was not his best, given his filmography. But I mean, yeah, not um, David Fincher's best is a very, very high right, bar. right, right. But uh, I feel like. The second season has more room to grow. Yeah, and they were uh, setting it up. They spent the entire, well, not the entire, but the first like couple minutes of every episode setting up the second season. So exactly should be up. So and uh, yeah, very excited for that. Um, And that drops what August, same time as mid August, right? Uh, Yeah, according to my app, twenty nine days from now. All right, to be precise. Well, maybe maybe we can binge. If we're crazy enough, we could binge it all in one weekend and do a podcast on it. But we'll see. Oh, I'm sure. Well, um, this has been our second official episode of Required Viewing. I'm very proud of us, Johns. We kept this one to under an hour. Um, I know. I'm super proud. Thank you to the. Well, actually, now we know it is actually more than five people who listened to the first episode. So we were we miscalculated. Um, uh, I yeah, I still like the idea of just saying it to the five people. Yes, though. thank you to the. We'll say ten. I think they're. I think we can be a little ambitious. At least ten okay. people. Thank you for listening uh, to this episode. Um, you're welcome. We kept it under an hour. Um, this has been another episode of Required Viewing.